Welcome to the Your Own Medicine podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Callie Klug and I am a yoga teacher and somatic practitioner in Southern California. A Your Own Medicine podcast was really created with this idea and this intention of bringing knowledge to you to access the medicine within you and within your own body. So thank you for listening. Let's go. Hello, Callie here. Welcome to this episode on cults with me and Katie. Katie is one of my very good friends. Um, Katie is a dance, she does dance therapy through her silent disco in Long Beach. It's called So We Are. If you're in Southern California, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, And in this episode, we talk about cults. So either through our experience of watching documentaries, listening to podcasts, um, people we know that have been in legitimate cults or some culty-like organizations. Um, And then me, myself, I also believe that I was in a cult, um, this mega church that I grew up in. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much what the episode has in store for you today, please be advised there is a few mentions of sexual abuse. Um, We do not go into it deeply for the most part, but there is a few mentions of sexual abuse, so please be aware of that. Um, Also, if you have any topic ideas that you think me and Katie um, or that you'd like to hear me and Katie talking about, please send me a message on Instagram, like a DM. Or you can send me a email at kaliklugyoga at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Okay. Oh my god, there's 85 people on the live. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I had an interesting dream after our chat yesterday. Oh, please. share. And for anyone that doesn't know, our dream was about the body dysmorphia episode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday we, we, um, recorded the body dysmorphia episode. So my dream was that for context, I grew today. We're talking about cults and I, depending on who you ask, grew up in a mega church, which I kind of consider to be culty. It was culty. Maybe it wasn't a cult, but it was definitely culty. So I grew up in this mega church. Um, my mom was a health coach. We were constantly like encouraged to strive to be better in every way, prettier, smarter, fitter, all that kind of stuff. So in my dream, I was like trying to run away from my house and my car got stuck in this ditch. And I was like, in that moment, I like gave up. I was like, okay, I just, it's not going to happen. I just can't get away from this. And then I got out of the car and started pushing the car out of the ditch. And then in the dream, I was like watching myself and living it. You know how it's like weird like that in dreams. And I was like, I said something like, what if I just stopped trying to always be better and improving myself and just realized that I'm fine and I've always been fine. Wow. And I was like, woke up and I was like. what a beautiful dream like I love when I have these like prophetic dreams 
This is actually, it kind of ties into our conversation. Yeah. One time I, our conversation yesterday, um, one time I had this dream and it was like very much not a dream. It, it felt like the same way, like a message was like coming through via dreams. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen often. It's happened only a couple times. And it was basically like me in a classroom and then showing me um, every single way in which I was fat phobic. And then like, it went it, like a timeline yeah. of memories of when I've been embarrassed because like people in my family were heavier or something like that. And like when I got shamed for it myself and then I woke up, like, what do I do with this information? And it was like deep. It was like, and here's how it shows up right now. And this is why you can't blah, blah, blah. And so I think I believe dreams always serve a purpose, even if it's like sh- crazy, like nightmares. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like there's something going on there, like with a grain of salt, of course. Like I, everything's deep, but nothing's that deep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Whatever makes you feel like you're you're fine, because if you have nightmares every night, that would be hard to process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, you, you had that dream not last night. No, not last. Oh, night. before. Just like, but. Yeah, I've had crazy dreams like that where it's like these really yeah. messages that like actually changed my life came through. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you feel yours was? Kind yeah, of? and I feel like it ties into what we're talking about today because I feel like today we're talking about cults. Mm-hmm. And I feel like cults prey on this idea that you, you can always be better. Like you're never enough as you are. Yes, and there's always a, something above you and they gatekeep that next level oh yeah Yeah. let's go there yes okay so where do we even start should we just talk about teal swan because I feel like that's kind of what opened us up into this topic originally yeah the teal swan situation was one that you opened my eyes to I mean I followed her I was like and some of her stuff felt a little eerie to me and some of her vibes and post but I feel like I've been pretty pretty protected or sheltered or ignorant to what a cult actually is and so you kind of open my eyes like wait what's a cult and like what does it mean because I think of white cloaks um no electricity like fire like sacrifices burning and stuff like that um and so the teal swan thing like you brought that up on our walk one day and so I feel like you should share with everybody first like teal swan and all the details there yeah so Okay, from what I've seen, because I know, you know, with every story, there's two sides. I remember seeing her stuff on social media and feeling like a little bit unsettled. And I also saw that she would bring people on stage and put people on the spot. And what I've learned about healing trauma in a trauma-sensitive way, which is not always present, which is kind of really weird to me that people tried to heal trauma without trauma sensitivity um putting people on the spot like that is extremely triggering and she would like put people on the spot on on the stage and film it and then be like oh I'm triggering you to help you heal but that's not really like a thing that's not it's actually re-traumatizing the person so kind of seeing stuff like that I always was like "Mm, I don't know about her And then um, this yoga teacher that was in Orange County, I used to go to her classes. Her name's Jade Electra. I think I told you about her. Yeah, you did. 
Yeah. So she, I used to go to her yoga classes all the time. And then during COVID, she like got in with this different group and she like was start traveling the world with them. And they were like claiming to be spiritually enlightened, like openly, but then they were like indulging in like, um, alcoholism and like cigarettes and cigar. I don't know, like something I was like, this doesn't really like make sense to me. And it was kind of like weird. And then it came out like a year later that it was a cult and she escaped from it. And then I started following her journey and she's the one who um, started talking about Teal Swan because I guess some people came out of her cult and they have this whole documentary, I think on like HBO or Hulu. It's called The Deep End. And it just shows like the emotional manipulation, the degradation, the abuse, the emotional abuse. Um, and I think cults really, cause I don't even remember that many details about Teal Swan. I just know there's a lot of abuse from even that I saw in the documentary. I feel like a core thing about cults is like everyone craves community. Like we all want it so bad. We need it. It's like part of our DNA. We need it. Our biology, like we need community. And so I think cults like satisfy that need and then they're like but if you fuck up if you speak against us we'll take it all away and it's the same with like churches where like if you I have a friend who is in not Latter-day Saints Jehovah's Witness and when he came out as gay they literally brought him in front of the entire church and excommunicated him oh my god like that's a cult you know yeah that <laughs> that is really sad for your friend yeah. and just crazy and I think it totally goes back to that like bigger per- like I think like so one cult story I heard was with this group called like Nexium, I believe and she I mean that was the level of cultism what well, was selling the personal development and then it the higher up you got and these like belts you got and the better of a server you were to the group. And like the more people you recruited, you got higher up in the ranks. And this girl that I was listening to her speak on it, I wish I remembered her name, but she um, is the host of a little bit culty that podcast. And she actually got branded like on her pubic bone, the, and it was supposed to represent like the sun, all the elements. It was something like woo woo, but it actually ended up being his the leader's initials um once you like look at it like she said like at first it was like this but then when you realize it spells out his name and it's like just his fetish or kink or whatever and the when she was talking about the cult everything she was saying was like that you don't typically think it's wrong because it's typically cults are held with such a such positive like there's actual positive things to it right yeah so it's like this personal development this like you can live a better life and these like spiritual principles that these this cult was following or even like the church like there's this community there is this higher purpose there's all these things but it ends up having these other ties where there's power dynamics and then when there's that power dynamic that's when I think things start to shape into a cult Mm-hmm. would you agree yeah I agree 100% like the power dynamics I think are just too tempting for people and you get the wrong person in there and then it's like 
game over, you know? Right. So how, how would you like know if you were in a cult? Do you have an answer to that? I will say like, um, for myself, I, I think it was like, I woke up from a dream one day and I, like I said, I grew up in a mega church, this church. Oh my gosh. I'm even like nervous to talk about it because there's so many people in that church. I'm like, they're going to come for me. Um, probably a sign you were in a cult. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Fear to speak out against it. Um, it was a mega church. So I think a big factor of cults is like telling you that anyone that disagrees with you, they like, just don't see the light. They just don't get it. Or if they like, try to tell you like what you're doing, if they like question what you're doing, like, Hey, it's kind of weird that you're in third grade. And they're like sending you to the mall to convert people in the food court. Please share that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, this is one of the reasons too, in hindsight, I'm like, this was not normal. And look, if you are listening to this and you are religious and you have your in any religion, like I totally honor that for you. And at the same time for me, like I was in a cult and I see religious organizations as cults and that's just me. So we can, there's a difference in the faith. Yeah, there's a difference between buying into the system and trying to go up the hierarchies with someone that's ultimately in power as in the pope as in like if we're thinking looking at the catholic religion like literally at the top of the food chain there's child molestation all over it and people still follow cult (laughs) but that doesn't mean the concepts within catholicism are bad that doesn't mean the faith is bad. That doesn't mean God is bad. It's all these, like, when we bring the human aspects into these spiritual concepts where it gets blurry, right? Mm-hmm. But please finish your food court story. <laughs> yeah. And also on that note, too, I took this course in college that when we studied all the religions in the world and they all say the same things, like the theory, the premise is like good. It's like, don't, it's like golden rule stuff, you know? treat others as you want to be treated it's like it gets really tainted though by humans and I think that's just human nature is like greed and anyway I that's why I don't think end of day religious institutions can exist in a way that's ultimately for the greater good because I think anyway but okay the food court story so the food court story I was okay actually I was in fifth grade and we had this um they gave us this poster. This was what I did on a Saturday too. Like this was like my day off of school. And they gave us this poster that had, it was like, I think I've sent it to you, but I'll like post it in the Instagram stories when I post this. It was like earth on fire and then heaven on the other side and like a giant cross between the two. Like a bridge. Like a bridge. Yeah. Between the two. And then there was hell down below and like most of the people were walking towards the bridge but then falling into hell and then a few people were walking across the bridge cross into heaven and they had us 10 years old first of all tithing I was tithing my money and I was going up to people in this food court asking them hey can I have a minute of your time and then being like where do you think you are on this poster so that's pretty fucking weird um 
and also the we the way that I realized I was in a cult like genuinely like I woke up from a dream like oh my god I was in a cult was because my childhood friend um was I saw her recently and she has not left the church and she is like married in the church and live works for the church the same church and there's like no to me that's just crazy it's like same town same church same everything like don't you dare even think differently like I feel like I've lived so many lives since like moving out of that city and like grown so much and like had opinions conflicting at times like one year I believe this the other year I believe this but like ultimately like trying to move closer to a worldview that I feel to be the most realistic and so to see her like I think I had a dream about her that she was just there and I was like oh my god that was a cult and she's still in the cult so that's yeah yeah I think moving from a religion um I've heard and this might trigger some trigger some people if you're in the space but MLM groups are also very much a cult per se like in a way because again it's like you're always striving for the higher level but who really wins it's the person on top and who gets the most money it's the person on top and it's the same construct of don't you dare leave you can, this is your way to freedom. This is your ticket to go on vacation whenever you want. I mean, think of the way they market it. They're like, I work from home all the time. And I genuinely people think people like believe they're doing great things with it. I don't think it's like bad. I think to sell it and to be, to commit to it, like you gotta really work. Like, I mean, you gotta have some belief, you know what I mean? To make it your whole personality on like Instagram. <laughs> but like, I have followed this one girl for at least like five, seven years and she's like kind of a friend, like a one-off friend. And she's always been at Monet. And I'm just like, wow, I, she could do so many things. Like she's brilliant at social media. She's brilliant, all these things. But I'm like, if she just made her own company, she'd rock it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm never, I would never like message her that, like, cause I don't know her that well, but I always think, I'm like, why doesn't she do her own thing? She could literally do it. Um, just by her energy alone of like how she shows up well they advertise it as like oh it is your own business oh yeah she thinks she I mean yeah they do it's like own your own business and then they won't say like I I mean the the marketing for all of those are really weird I I, like a trick like a cult like come on join us it's so cheap to join and then you make so much money and then you have this financial freedom and then you can do anything you want and work from home but you're always like striving to be better to be better to better um, like almost to an unattainable goal and the people at the bottom suffer. But with the MLMs, I actually was in this uh, course where there was a Facebook group and it was this manifestation course. It was a six month program that was like really, really awesome. Um, and it basically, like it said, I say manifestation course, but it was like a nervous, it was all the things. It was like deep, deep inner work course essentially. And the, I remember seeing these people being like, I am in an MLN and I, I want to get out, but they say like, I'll never make money if I go out or like, I mean, I didn't know that they felt that way, but then I was like in these vulnerable Facebook groups and people were open. Like this one girl, I remember I was like, oh my God, she, 
she thinks this is her only way. Like, that's why people don't leave. Like, because she was like, they literally say, I'll never make money. The, all these things like, can, is anybody else in an MLM? Like, can you help? Like, I really want to start my own thing, but I'm so scared. Like I'm terrified to leave. And I think if there's, again, if there's fear with exiting, mm-hmm. I mean, it's normal. Like, I mean, if I quit a softball team or something, there's like fear, you're nervous to quit, but you're not going to fear for your well, life yeah. or like that your security has gone. But um, I think that if you are a part of something and you feel that your safety, your basic level of needs on the hierarchy of needs are threatened, um, that, that is a red flag. <laughs> a red flag. Yeah. I feel like shame's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Like there, I know for, for the church I was in at Bayside, shame is like what keeps people compliant and it's like what keeps people from leaving and like behaving well and even in like some retreats yoga retreats I've been on and that's why I myself have drifted from the spiritual space because I've just like seen some things where I'm like it got a little too culty for me where I was like we're kind of starting to shame things and like putting people into like more vault oh the thing that pisses me off in the spiritual community is she's really wounded to me that's the same thing as church of being like Olivia hooked up with a guy last weekend and we need to pray for her it's Mm. like okay you're just gossiping or like she's unhealed she has a mother wound or whatever it's Mm. like it's like that's just shame and I feel like it keeps people in place and right we both have had someone that's like a person in power like try to do that to us it's like Mm -hmm. a mix of shame and like gaslighting of like yeah and it's again comes back to that power dynamic of I kind of control you because for whatever reason there's so many reasons that that could be us personally like paid to be a part of something and then then we get controlled (laughs) but we both since then have uh separated from that I think that's the interesting part about shame too going back to the girl who has the it's a little bit culty podcast she the way they kept them in and like how you kept your loyalty was by um I I want to say like confessions in a way like it could be like nude photos like you'd have to send nude photos to your like leader like there's there's like the leaders and then there was like a, a oh, man up so top. like blackmail you had to send in blackmail or like very deep secrets or horrible things so then if you left it's like this is your commitment this is to show you are committed to the cause so I think sometimes like shame can be like masked with commitment probably same with the MLM like you're a quitter if you don't do this like your business you're a terrible business owner like I'm sure they shame them hard but I know specifically with her, it was like, show how committed you are by uh, providing us with X, Y, and Z information. And then one time when she was like getting close to exiting and they could sense it and they asked for like, they asked for, uh, you know, the, uh, the like a- another one, you had to keep updating, yeah, like, like a could, secret or a picture. It was like, la- it was layers. So like every time you got deeper in, you had to give more information like they had their tax documents. They had, they put, they asked if they could put their will and their, uh, 
their home in the cult's name or in the Nexium's name or those people's names to show how committed you were. And I think that's when she was like exiting with the will. But one time she turned in something and she, they were like, this isn't deep enough. Like you need to give us more. And so I, that's like extreme, but I think it goes back to the shame. It goes back to how you can be manipulated to thinking like you're committed to something, but like take a breath with that and see if you actually are, you know what I mean? Like, I have a question too, for like, or just like a idea for discussion is like, I, when I went on the, like these retreats before I was like, okay, from a cultural standpoint, from like a human interaction standpoint, you need a certain level of like, that's what culture is, is like people agreeing to a story, like to a story about a God, to about borderlines, to about the story of all these things. So I think to function as a population or like a group, we need a certain level of like shared culture, but like, when does that cross over into cult? Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like, I feel like everything I say is just like opinion-based. Like it's not like yeah, I, I mean, have like research. Here. We yeah, even, just, yeah. But um, I know because there's so many, I think it's like when there is this hierarchy of needing to either like buy into it or like commit in a way where you give personal information like it's like those deeper commitments where we cross the line right because community is literally everything um and I don't think it's bad necessarily to have a cult like following like like you know there's there's some people like that I am a part of their quote-unquote cult I don't buy everything they sell. I don't do everything like that. But like there's people I just like love learning from, listening to. Um, but it's not like they're doing anything to me to like shame me into staying. You yeah, know, there's it's like, like a, a two-way street. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're just providing they're like a influencer, teacher, all those things. And I listen, I consume all their content and uh but they aren't forcing me to. Like, and they, I, in no way am I a part of it. So I don't think like the cult-like brands are bad. Um, but then again, you know, extremes are our extremes, like whether any way you put it. And I feel like the middle is always the best place to like live. What do you think about that? I think if you're not able to safely disagree with the leader mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a really not good sign I know like in my coaching with poverty there was I went through a fucking <laughs> atomic bomb of the year and I was like extremely fragile and at one point we were doing this like lesson in the coaching container that was like um it was like existential kink have you heard of that? It's like lean into your pain type of thing but I was like holding it together with a string and I was like could not go there and I remember disagreeing with her I was like hey I don't think this is for me and I was like shaking and like all these things because I was so nervous to disagree and she was like that's totally fine like you know yourself best and da 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 and I was like oh why was I expecting <laughs> like I feel like if you like and that's an example of being able to safely disagree with someone but I've also been in situations where I've given feedback some or something to like a, a someone in a leader position or like, hey, for me, 
I'm very sensitive to like trauma sensitivity, especially if we're doing things that should be like quote healing trauma. So if there's like weird shit going on and I say something and it gets brushed off or it gets, you know, to me, that's weird. And I think that goes across like everything, even like yoga teachers. I see this happening. It can get culty because it's like, if you say, oh, my hip hurts and they're like, well, do this, this, and this. And it's like, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. Well, maybe your sacral chakra is fucked up then. It's not like something Mm. else. It's not like, oh, maybe you should go see a doctor. It's like, I'm the all knowing, like, you know what I mean? If, if you're not allowed to question or like push back, I feel like that's I do feel like we talked about this before. Like anyone who takes that all-knowing approach, you got to go. Like whether, I mean, I feel like I, um, so (laughs) you know how algorithms work. So I, on my So We Are TikTok page, I engage with a lot of spiritual content because I feel like that's the vibes of like what I'm going for people on their healing journey. And so I get a lot of those on my For You page for So We Are. And there are so many people within the space that take the all-knowing approach. A lot of psychics, a lot of astrologers, a lot of everything. And I'm like, what's the fun in being all-knowing, first of all? Like, there's literally no fun in that. Like, second of all, a lot of these are fear-inducing. And I just, like, feel like, no. Like, I don't know. It's like, life is short, but it's long. And so, to just like live in fear and like buy into like, even if the world fucking ended tomorrow, I don't think I'd want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. Just like, like if we get hit with a nuke, like, like just let me go. But like, I don't need to think for every day, like leading up, like, oh, is it going to happen? Like, you know what I like, what's that worth? And I feel like that's the approach a lot of these like all knowing people take is like, listen to me. I'm going to tell you all these details. You better prepare, make your own food take your money out of bank of America bank. Like, I mean, that's just something actually bank of America is going through something right now. And I have bank of America. That's why I use that. But people will then claim like, Oh, I saw, I knew this was coming. I warned you. And it's like, fuck off. I don't respectfully like during COVID, like at the beginning of COVID, I remember my dad, like talking on the phone about end times with his friends. Oh my God. You know, end times and Christianity. Oh, it's my mom's biggest fear. Oh, oh yeah, end <laughs> times. I mean, if it's real, once again, don't tell me. I'll just take me at the last minute. But like, I feel like, oh, okay, another red flag for the oh. list. You can write this one down. Yeah, is totally. like fear based, which you kind of just said that. But it's like anything that's like fear mongering or like anything that stirs up fear is not good because fear keeps people hella compliant and it also keeps people out of curiosity and questioning which is like your all of it yeah yeah I mean going just because we mentioned it my mom's biggest fear since she was like a little kid and she would grow up very Christian um was that like the resurrection would happen and she would be left and there was she's on some wild she has some wild stuff on her for you page you they can make get. it sound really scary and I remember learning about it as a kid too and you're like you know how people are making jokes about oh quicksand like I was really scared of quicksand as a kid like that's like right next to quicksand 
literally. And she, she actually made one of those TikToks, like one thing about me, my mom did. And she made a whole story time about how she, cause people were saying like, I think September 24th, it was going to happen. Like her whole for you page was it. And she was like, actually kind of nervous just cause it's like a childhood wound. And she's like, oh my God, like at least everybody's happy and like healthy. Like, at least I know, like I did my job as a mom, like, <laughs> like, I guess I can rest easy if it happens, but it's just like those roots go so oh god that's so gnarly I know every night she would pray that she would like that if it came oh. she get taken I, she probably still does I shouldn't follow up on that yeah follow up <laughs> one thing too that I'm thinking of now is purity culture mm. holy shit I don't think people realize how um what's the word destructive and demoralizing and degrading purity culture is like just for like, I went to a daddy-daughter dance where the dad like gives you a purity ring. So it's oh. this idea of like, no matter who you are or where you go, you always belong to a man. It's either your father or your husband. You're supposed to stay pure, obviously, like sexually pure until your wedding day. Oh, this is like deep, dark memory vaults is I used this friend that I mentioned earlier like the one that I had a dream about when I realized I was in a cult we used to go to her house and her dad would put on this like giant screen they had in their garage it was like Chrissy's first kiss bro it was this Christian movie propaganda literally about this dad who the mom died and he's raising his daughter. He's a single dad. And he's like, prays for her every night for her to stay pure and find a husband and kiss, have her first kiss on her wedding day. That's what he's praying for, for his daughter. Like that's fucking enmeshment, uh, emotional incest and inappropriate on so many levels. But it's like praised. It's like seen as good. And then the dad finds this guy and then they, she starts dating the guy, but it's like the three of them go on dates and they go hiking and da da da. And then her first kiss is on her wedding day. And then they, the, the husband wanted to like move and get a job in tech, but he decides to stay with the dad and work at the bookstore. And it's like, oh okay, my God. control of women's bodies. It, for me, I see the church as just this like vessel for controlling women's bodies yeah and I mean the biggest like kink uh America and people have is to control women's body and I think it goes back to our last episode about body dysmorphia where I said yeah. like if we just tapped into like that a tiny bit of our potential as women or as men or as non-binary as anything like that's uncontrollable. Like it's undisciplinable. Like it is completely untamed. And I feel like that's why you have to do those things. Like that the system has to keep it systeming. Like, cause yeah. it'd be so unsafe for us to like fully express ourselves because it would be so wild. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why too, like for witches, like women that would like, you know, have any sort of connection to their bodies or themselves or nature, like we're fucking burned alive because the church is like, at the end of the day, the church is so fragile. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's insecure I guess like the culture of it is very insecure because fragile maybe not the right word but you know what I mean like the if the church was like a person they'd be they'd have a really fragile ego right the uh thing about witches I actually learned about like this like sister wound vibe like I know people say that like in different contexts but this was like why is it so hard for women to like each other and it dates back to the days of like the witch hunts and stuff and the fact that at any moment I could say I'm not a witch but Callie is like if someone came to me and thought I was a witch I could throw you under the bus and save myself and so that's when the distrust with women and like really began because women used to work together to in a community to like create everything was community-based and then when the witch hunts happened it was like every man for themselves and then it was like and then we rely on these men to either keep us safe or not and it like the podcast I listened to on that was fascinating because it runs so deep and it's like oh that's why we can't like it's so hard to trust each other because literally it was life or death and it was like you got to go over me. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, that is most people would choose themselves over like their neighbor. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Jesus. so early. Well, what a fun episode. Loved it. <laughs> on that note. On that note, go, uh, go be with your community today. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't turn your neighbor in as a witch. And yeah. Any final notes from our thoughts from you? Um, I had some people message me on Instagram that they had experience in cults. So if you're listening to this and you're willing to share like your own experiences in a like non-denominational cult or like the church, message me because I want to hear. Yeah. And maybe we can do like a part two because I feel like this was, we barely scratched the surface. Just warming up. Just warming up. All right. Well, we will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. That's all for today for the Your Own Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, These episodes do come out pretty sporadically, so if you'd like to be notified each time a new episode comes out, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, And you can always follow my journey along, which I always post when a new episode comes out on my social media, TikTok and Instagram, at Yoga. And feel free to keep in touch. You can also check out my website at KaliKlugYoga.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.